And here is the captain of the great company, Global Threat uh, Solutions for peace of mind in uncertain times. you got to check it out, globalthreatsolutions.com. And, of course, uh, the report and the uh, situation at hand with the captain, 100% military veteran security and investigations firm. It's his offices on the island as well as other places uh, in New York City, Miami, L.A., overseas Frankfurt and Mumbai. And, of course, the uh, Captain Kim Bombay with over 21 years of law enforcement, intelligence experience, serving as a military intelligence officer in the Middle East as well. The aforementioned Kim Bombay's Cap, how are you? Doing great, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Lots going on. Man, I'll tell you. Uh, I read something where we are at, four. I think it's 46 attacks over three weeks. I might be off by one or two there. And I'm talking about the U.S. bases, Cap, in the... In the Middle East, that is unbelievable. Forty-six attacks uh, on our bases over there. That is that's a, that's really a startling number. It is, Jay. And what's startling about it is that it's not stopping. Every time you and I speak, there's more. There's a, there's a higher number. I think it was forty yesterday. I mean, we and and the the problem is the response. You know, we've hit. We've retaliated by striking a couple of warehouses that may have stored some proxy weapons i mean it's it's insufficient for what's been happening and and the targeting of our u.s assets overseas in the middle east i think we need to step up our game if we're gonna hit i like the idea of hitting these proxies we know where all of them are jay we know where all of their assets and their forces are let's have a sustained attack we should be following this on the news you know with constant barrages targeting these sites and then and then also like i've been saying Let's target some direct Iranian assets, maybe some Navy ships, some of their military assets. And, and if they continue these attacks on U.S. forces, then, then let's go after the Republican Guard, even within their borders. Let's target their, where they train all these people and let's target those forces themselves. I mean, everybody is so afraid to get Iran mad right now. Like, we, well, we don't want to bring them into the conflict. So we're going to just sit here and let our, our troops be targeted? You know, you have to make a decision. Listen. Leadership's about. Listen, you, you have to do it. You must do it. You just said a key word, sustained, Cap. Sustained. We only have retaliated one other time. That's it. We have 46 attacks in 21 days. I mean, when when does Lloyd Austin wake up, the defense secretary? When does Joe Biden wake up? I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And this guy should be in the Situation Room 24-7. I mean, one retaliatory attack? Come on. Yeah. And you're right. you got to send a message to Iran. We know that. They're the octopus here. Between Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthis. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I mean, my goodness. I mean, how much more can you take yeah. of this stuff? It's really- I, I want to wake up and hear we targeted... 30 locations overnight. That's what I want to hear. And, and we killed hundreds of these people, at least. Um, destroyed equipment. Let's just erode those proxy groups. Let's erode their ability to launch these attacks. Sustained. We should be hearing about them throughout the day, these targets, and make them realize this is not a winning strategy for them. You can't operate out of fear. And the problem is, Jay, I think that these decisions are purely political. We talked about this yesterday. You know, Joe Biden's polls are devastating right now. Democrats 
are, are struggling internally over this conflict because there's obviously many people supporting um, Israel in this conflict, but then now they have this massive outpouring of people on the left. We just saw this big protest yesterday in New York City and across the country and the globe, and they're having an internal struggle. But the answer to that is not to allow Iran and their proxy groups to kill our troops. That should be unacceptable. And those decisions cannot be made politically. And that's exactly what's happening. I would have been surprised if the Department of Defense is recommending a much stronger response. And it's just it's being overridden by Biden and his administration. I still go back to the uh, six billion dollars in Iranian assets, the unfreezing of it uh, in return for those five American hostages cap. I mean, that has helped fund this attack. Uh, I don't care how you put it. That is absolutely funded this Hamas attack without question. And, uh, you know, listen, it took time to plan, and the money may not have been spent yet, but certainly uh, you know that Tehran could budget based on a, on it. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to here. I mean, undeniably, Iran to reap uh, tens and tens of billions of dollars. You know, the uh, lax enforcement of the so-called sanctions, right? The lax, L-A-X, the lax enforcement, ladies and gentlemen, of these sanctions. And, Cap, that is all part of this equation right here. Yep. I've been saying so long, why are we not launching the same devastating sanctions against Iran that we are Russia? Russia, those are the greatest sanctions, they said, you know, the mother of all sanctions. Why are we not? These people are actively attacking us. Russia's not. Russia, I'm, I'm not supporting what they're doing in any way. But, my God, these people are actively attacking U.S. troops. Why are we not devastating them with sanctions? They should be struggling economically right now. Why are we not trying to garner that support? You know, and again, these are, I think what's happening is we're having political decisions. And, and I'll go back one step further. I know we've, we've discussed this so many times, but I think you could see, you could actually attribute these 46 attacks we've seen recently, you could go all the way back to the withdrawal from Afghanistan because they are so emboldened right now. 46 times they're targeting U.S. troops. That's insane. And and I don't think that would have happened if they thought that we had a stronger uh, leader at the helm. What we saw in Afghanistan, is a, it, I attribute to why we saw Russia move in, when they moved in, and how they moved into Ukraine. And it emboldened Iran to take action. I mean, Jay, we just have, we put U.S. Um, forces in the Middle East just as a symbol to make sure other people aren't going to get involved in this conflict. Iran is actively attacking us every day. And it's clearly Iran. We all know it's Iran. The world knows it's Iran. Iran doesn't even deny it. Why are we not punishing them right now? It's just, uh, again... Leadership matters, and we're seeing a failure of leadership. Well, you've seen a failure for a long time. That's why 60%, nearly 60% of Americans don't approve of this guy's performance. They just don't. I mean, low marks, economy, foreign policy, you know, you go on and on and on here. I mean, it's there for the taking. I mean, listen, his numbers among young voters, too. You know, black voters, uh, Latinos, very troubling right now, very troubling. Very troubling, folks. And if he went head-to-head with the former president, he would lose. He would lose. There's no question he would lose. So uh, the beat goes on, and we'll see what occurs. Now, as far as Israeli forces, 
uh, Captain. They've intensified their ground and air campaign on Gaza in recent days. Um, the officials there uh, claim to have reached the heart of the besieged uh, main city there. So, I mean, this comes as Israel's agreed these daily pauses of military operations in parts of northern Gaza. And this is what the White House was pushing for. I get it, humanitarian and everything else. But, you know, I heard an interview last night with the Prime Minister of Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu, and he said, listen, there's no ceasefire here. I mean, they do not want Hamas to think, you know what, ceasefire means they claim victory. You cannot allow that type of thinking. Not only that, you cannot allow them, Captain, to regroup. And that is the biggest thing here. You have them right now on the run, full speed ahead. I think what Netanyahu is referring to with these pauses, they'll be like a couple of hours here and there, certain uh, certain uh, parcels where these individuals will have a safety net in order for them to leave. I think that's really the, the main focus there, even though the White House has been pushing the narrative in another way yet. Yeah. You know, this is the pressure you're seeing from the U.S. and the U.N. right now and other countries that they're looking for this ceasefire. Well, the IDF basically announced for today they're, they're doing a six-hour-long window for evacuation corridor along the Salah Adin Street. Now, these, they're allowing people to flee south, essentially, from northern Gaza. And by the way, this is the exact same time period they allowed for this corridor and the same location as they did yesterday. So IDF is working with them, and obviously that's from pressure from the United States. Blinken, you know, he came out and had his, like, sort of strongest statement condemning Israel, and he said that far too many Palestinians have been killed. So that's why they're looking for these evacuation quarters. But like you said, Prime Minister Netanyahu made it very clear there will be no pause and there will be no ceasefire. And he, he knows that's a part, that, that is the only answer for him to have a successful military campaign in gaza right now there's no other way around it like you said if you wait if you give them a legitimate pause then these all they're going to do is use that time to regroup they're going to use that time to get weapons and support from iran and that can't be allowed no matter how much pressure they get from the international community that can never be allowed yep uh, according to the israeli official i think it was yesterday you had about eighty thousand people fleeing northern Gaza, uh, 50,000 or so. On, I mean, think about that, folks. 130,000 people, according to reports, have left Gaza, northern part of Gaza. Uh, so, you know, we've seen the images on the ground. It shows streams of people, men, women, children, the elderly, disabled, all traveling on foot all through this, uh, these regions now. Uh, so uh, that, is, uh, that is the case uh, as far as uh, the latest. And, of course, kept the hostages... Uh, still come into play here. The thinking, obviously, we never stop, uh, including uh, Americans uh, in that group, however many they are, 12, 13. We've heard all kinds of numbers here. But certainly that is the aspect. Now, I'm just wondering, with your experience and everything else, uh, do you fe- <coughs> excuse me? Do you feel, uh, with a little over four weeks into this, that intelligence... Uh, has picked up somewhat here. We know that somebody dropped the ball as far as what happened on October 7th, but do you feel there's some sort of intelligence that has let the powers that be know where these hostages might be now? Yes. I would say uh, Israel has 
pretty strong intelligence where, where many of them are. And I think as they move, they have to get there. And as they move through in this offensive, I think we're hopefully going to see them launch some, some rescue operations to gather some of those hostages. Unfortunately, I think that, you know, we're, we're going to see some hostages lost during this conflict. They're not going to, they, they said they will have no pause. There will be no type of ceasefire without full release of the hostages. And as we know, Hamas is using those hostages as a shield. So I don't see them doing that. And I'll tell you, Jay, there's such a big disconnect. Uh, I saw some people being interviewed yesterday in New York City with a protest. And when they were asked about, do you think that Palestine or Hamas should be releasing these hostages? He said they're trying to. They're trying to. <laughs> like, how are they trying to release these hostages? I'll tell you, the disconnect in this country as far as reality and what's going on over here, it's astonishing. Um, yesterday, also, the, the, there was a, a notice. This, this diplomatic cable was obtained by CNN, and they said that our diplomats in the area are losing, uh, the U.S. is losing Arab publics for a generation. That, like, and to me, my response to that is lose the Arab publics. Did we ever have them? There's such a deep cultural and religious belief in that region that have put them at odds with so many countries in the West. You know, we've seen this. We've seen this inherent conflict with the massive migrant movements in the UK and Germany and France. We've seen this with continued terror threats from that region. We've seen this clearly with the continued threats from Iran. There's no more stark difference than when you look at Afghanistan, a place where now the Taliban, you know, women are not allowed to show their faces. They're not allowed to be educated. Uh, to be gay is a crime. Um, and, and to sit here and blame Israel for defending themselves from this horrific attack and, and say that that's a reason we're losing Arab publics, I think it's completely unrealistic. Yep, Captain Willis. I just want to shift to Crane because, you know, it, it kind of gets lost with all that's going on right now uh, in the uh, Middle East over there. And I read a comment where the President Zelensky extended an invitation to Trump to visit. Uh, and he also stated that he needs at least one more year of heavy U.S. support. Uh, interesting there, and I know there's a package of money right now on Capitol Hill to be voted on and everything else, uh, but you don't hear a lot, Cap, you don't hear a lot as far as what's going on in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, you and I always talk about the end game and everything else, what's the strategy? We don't, we don't get a lot of that anymore. Um, do we have a feel as far as anything uh, as 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 what Zelensky is asking for? And you know, you just get a sense again that this thing is going to keep going and going and going. Yeah. So there's clearly um, Zelensky, President Zelensky, clearly sees that there's some U Ukraine fatigue going on, specifically Jay uh, among Republicans on the right, as far as the funding goes, because we've given you know countless billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars over there. And I think that's one of the reasons that he invited former President Trump to come visit, because he knows he's so very influential with Republicans in general and, and so many of the members in Congress. And President Trump has been one of those people who's been questioning that continued funding of, a war, of the war in Ukraine. So I think maybe he feels if he wins him over or at least could get him to shift a little bit on his stance, that that'll help support uh you know, Congress to provide more funding for the, like he says, for another year or so. They also are claiming now that it's not just a standstill. They are making progress. We just need to 
have that support we've had for another year or so to be able to win this conflict. So that's kind of where they stand. I think President Trump, he sees as key for two reasons, very influential Republicans. And by the way, he's probably most likely to be the next president right now, aside from the 90 some odd federal indictments against him. Right now, if you look at the polls, I would say if you were a betting person, you'd have to say President Trump is going to be the next president. And I'll tell you this, if you caught any of the debate uh, from Miami the other night, uh, you know what? You, even with five on that stage, I just got a feeling that these folks are just not ready for prime time, really. I think it's more of a showcase. DeSantis has dipped. Nikki Haley, you know, listen, you can say she was the best again. I've had her... I've had her touted as number one for me on all three debates. I kind of, t- you know, it's interesting. I took bits and pieces from the other night, not fully embraced as far as these things, only because this is really for second place. I mean, really. I mean, as long as Trump yeah. is around and in, and in around, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be the nominee. I mean, without question. So, uh, you know, the the only thing I could tell you is that it wasn't a great showing uh, for DeSantis. Forget Chris Christie. He's looking for a broadcast job. Um, and Tim Scott, hell of a nice guy, but he's just making no impact, you know? So, yeah. Uh, I, I agree, you know, between Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis, it seems like they bring a lot to the table, Jay. And and I like what they say. They're, they seem to have such great experience, especially with Ron DeSantis, because as the chief executive officer of the state that everyone in America is moving to, he is such a um, a, a experience and accomplishments to hang his hat on, but he's just not great gaining traction. And like, moving the needle. there, all they're doing is competing for second place. But let's face it, there's a massive variable out there, and that is those legal issues that I mentioned. I think it's clearly the strategy of the left to try in all of these legal cases to try in some way to rule him out from being able to even be president. That's their strategy, because as far as the polls go, I don't think they can stop them. No doubt about it. Captain with us, Global Threat Report. Cap, let's shift gears, because we've got Veterans Day, originally known as Armistice Day, Cap, uh, to honor those who have died in the country's service and to thank those uh, who have uh, uh, certainly served proclaimed uh, way back by President Woodrow Wilson. It was 1919. Uh, it became a legal holiday. I think it was 1938. So very significant and everything else. Yes, you could say November 11th, but tomorrow Saturday, of course. So we we think a lot about it today uh, and recognize those who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, Cap. Uh, give me a sense. You, you have served. We thank you for all that you have done. But give me a sense of what you're feeling today. Yeah, this is a really important day for me because obviously the veteran cause is very important to me. Um, and also, in addition to Veterans Day, I'd like to in, in say happy Veterans Day to all my fe- fellow veterans out there. Also, I want to wish all those Marines out there a happy 248th birthday, which is today. Um, I, I would say, Jay, that, you know, I've, it's been such a, I'm a veteran, fought in the Cold War and Iraq. And when I came home from Iraq and I was on patrol, I, I launched an organization. I saw a void for an organization in law enforcement. So we created the Suffolk Police Veterans Association. And it's such a great legacy. And so I led this organization. I helped build it with some great people within law enforcement in Suffolk County who are still involved. 
I led it for 10 years. We raised so much money for veterans, and it was so much more than that. It was a fraternal group, and I can't even tell you how many times we've been to Walter Reed and the, the Naval Hospital at Bethesda and sat with all wounded veterans, and this is when the conflicts were raging. It was so meaningful to me, and it's so important that it continues today, and I still will go to those meetings and, and functions with them. It's a great. It's an important day. I would say another thing. I saw some, you know, we have 16 million veterans right now living in the United States. That's a lot. And by the way, 120,000 World War II veterans, which that number shocked me. I would tell anybody that if they have the opportunity to thank or find, search out and thank a World War II veteran, what a great thing to do. I always used a quote from, from Bill Clinton, who said, these are the people that saved the world. And he's true. it's true. It's such an accurate statement. Um, I, I would also say, Jay, in this day, I'd like to encourage young people to serve in the military because we're having these really bad recruiting challenges right now. And I, I will tell you, in my life, there's nothing that has prepared me and I, that I owe to my success more than my initial enlistment as an infantryman in the Army. And I would tell young people, it wasn't college, it wasn't graduate school, it was serving as an infantryman and the army and and serving your country will be something that stays with you the rest of your life look i'm I'm 53 we're sitting here talking about it right now so i i hope that people really start to consider serving and continue this tradition today's a great day to think about it no question bring up veterans as a report the number of homeless uh military veterans uh, cap across the island is statewide actually plunged i think it's since year 2010 uh there's been a lot of federal funding, a lot of initiatives. We've got to do a lot more, though, I'll tell you that much. But, uh, yeah. you know, the amount of veterans without a home dropped, I think it was 83% over a 12-year period. Uh, and we know in Suffolk County, you know, we're, we're only behind uh, New York City. New York City is like 144,000 or so. Uh, we have over 56,000. Nassau is about 38,000 or so. But we got to do a better job taking care of our veterans, yeah. I'll tell you that much. Well, and we will hopefully Jay, continue to do so. I'll tell you, that's another thing I'd like to mention. I just saw a story on this yesterday. Another great veterans organization uh, or an organization that supports veterans is Tunnel to Towers. And I watched this story yesterday in Houston. I've never seen anything like this. They uh, acquired and renovated a 161-room hotel in Houston. And it's beautiful. I saw them give a tour of it. They have common areas. And what they did is every single one of those rooms is given to a homeless veteran. They just gave them a permanent home, uh, and they want to they you know, mirror that operation in so many cities around the country. What a great organization and a great thing to do. Literally, I mean, what is better than these people who have served, many of them, they have PTSD, they have other injuries, lifelong injuries they suffer with, and they just basically gave them a home forever. That's a, what a direct way to help homeless veterans. That is awesome stuff, really is. That's fantastic stuff. So, Cap's right, folks. Veterans Day. See one? Give him a hug. Thank thank him. Shake a hand and say thank you for all you've done. Uh, Cap, before we let you go, we got the captain's brief. Folks, the captain's brief, if you haven't heard it on a Saturday morning at 11, you're missing a lot. And I'm telling you, each and every week, great, great guests. And how about Ed Romaine as the county executive, soon to be Captain Bombay? Yeah, I was uh, happy to see that. He was on our show. So I met with him twice 
was a few weeks before the election, and he came on our show. I think he is a great, something you, that we're missing among politicians is he's a great manager, a great administrator, someone who's really not afraid to get in the weeds and do the hard work and actually not just come up with ideas and then have them fail, but to come up with ideas and then see them through and manage those programs. He's been very effective. He has great name recognition because he's been serving Suffolk County for like over 40 years. So I was kind of happy to see him get into that position. I have, uh, I have great hopes for Suffolk County going forward. No question. And you got to listen to the captain's brief. Uh, it's a great show. Cap, who are we up tomorrow? So tomorrow, next week we're going to have a guest that I'm going to announce on Monday. Tomorrow we're just going to be discussing uh, exactly a lot of the things we just discussed, uh, Veterans Day and specifically the conflict in Israel and some new developments. Awesome. The captain's brief every Saturday morning. Check it out. It is a great, and I mean a great 30 minutes of conversation, uh, without question. The captain and the Global Threat Report for peace of mind in uncertain times. Please check out the website, globalthreatsolutions.com. Cap, great weekend. We'll chat, and we'll talk to you at the beginning of the week. Thanks, Jay. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. Oh, good one there.